Barry Gilreath with us. Barry is the preaching minister at the Macklin Road Congregation, where he's been, uh, let's see here, since 2017, if I remember correctly. And prior to that, he's uh, worked with congregations in Arkansas and here in Georgia and also down at Pan uh, Panama City Beach, right? Which was interesting. He was down on Panama City Beach when I was in Pensacola, but we didn't know each other. Um, but Barry, is a, he, he attended Memphis School of Preaching and Amridge University. He is, his wife's name is Christy, and he has two children, Aubrey, who's 11, Blake, who is 6. And we're blessed to have Barry with us this evening. Uh, he is uh, going to be speaking all about the fruit of kindness. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer as we get started. The invitation song will be number 262. And uh, after this prayer, Brother Barry will uh, then have the time to present to us his lesson tonight. So let's, let's go to God. Our Father in heaven, we are honored, we are humbled, we are grateful to be able to approach your throne this evening. Uh, we do so as we gather here as your body to study your word, and it is our prayer that you bless this time of study. Bless tonight's speaker, bless Barry as he presents the message from your word that he's been working on. And may you, you speak through him, and, and may we be uh, open-hearted tonight. Help us to be prepared to hear this message from your word, to apply it, and to live it. Lord, we uh, ask that you bless Barry with a, a good recollection of what he's prepared. And, and uh, Lord, uh, may we be blessed by the opportunity we have to engage with your word this evening. Lord, we, we are mindful right now of many who are who have been mentioned tonight and who have not been mentioned by name specifically but that are on our hearts that that are seeking our prayers we especially think of miss marion mcgill right now as um, she's recovering from that pacemaker procedure and, and may she not have to remain in the hospital much longer lord we're also mindful of their friend who's going through chemo treatments for uh, uh, cancer as well and, and may those those uh, treatments be successful and may you, you bless that individual uh, during this time, this difficult time. Lord, we have a, a, a lot going on in our congregation. We are mindful right now that we have this uh, cookout this weekend. It is our prayer that it is an, a, a, an opportunity for us to connect with our community in a unique way. Lord, bless the efforts that are being put forth into this through the BYG on the go door knocking campaign. And, and uh, may, may this weekend be a blessing in multiple ways, but most of all, Lord, may it be an opportunity for us to point our community toward you. Lord, we, we humbly uh, make our request to you this evening, and we are uh, indebted to you, grateful for what you've done for us, particularly through the death of your son. May we never take for granted his sacrifice, and uh, may we always uh, express our gratitude for the, the, the blessing that you've poured out upon us. Lord, we love you, and it is through the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we do pray. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Let me tell you two things you already know. Number one, you have a fantastic preacher in Kyle, and I trust that you have others here who labor in the Word and, and teach God's Word, and I know you're thankful for them. But uh, we had Brother Kyle over uh, last summer, I believe, over at Macklin Road to speak on our summer series. And I remember just being, um, being with him the whole way. He, he preached a very uh, entertaining lesson. He preached a very engaging lesson, all th from the scriptures. 
And I, I remember thinking back then, if that's what Buford is getting every week, then that's a well-fed congregation. So I know you're thankful to God for him and the work that he's doing here. That's the first thing that you already know. The second thing is this, that the world that we're living in is a very divided, hostile place. Uh, as we begin tonight, I just want to turn your attention to Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's look first at 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Here we're going to read a prophecy. And it is a prophecy written by the Apostle Paul, as you can easily infer there from, um, well, it's written by the Apostle Paul uh, during the latter years, latter days, in fact, of his life to a young man by the name of Timothy, a son of his in the faith. But he says in verse 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version tonight, 2 Timothy 3, but understand this, that in the last days there will come time, times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power, then he would say, avoid such people. Well, Paul hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, that, that is a commentary, really, a commentary of what we are seeing today in our world. There's a lot of ugliness in these verses. And there's a lot of phrases here that we could highlight. There's just a few that jump out to me tonight as we're thinking about the, uh, the particular quality of the fruit of the Spirit, that is kindness. For example, in verse 2, we read how in these latter days, people will be abusive. Isn't this a problem in our world today that uh, abuse occurs? Not just physical abuse, but mental abuse, emotional abuse, abuse in the workplace, uh, abuse in the home, abuse in the schools. This is a big problem. Furthermore, in verse 3, he says people will be heartless. Heartless. It certainly is a tragedy any time that anyone behaves as if that he or she doesn't have a heart. Uh, and, and you kind of see what I'm talking about there. People behaving in ways that are very cold and callous. And they seemingly will just walk all over people to take advantage of them, not caring uh, about the effect that they have on others, heartless. But then Paul also says that in these latter days, people will be slanderous. That means that people will abuse others specifically with their words. They will say things about others that are not so. And they will do this to defame them, to tear them down, 
uh, so that they can, in the process, build themselves up. Another word that jumps out uh, at me here is in verse 3, brutal. People will be brutal in these last days. Now, I I bring this particular verse to your uh, consideration tonight, again, to tell you something that you already know, that the world that we're living in right now is a rebellious world, it is a disobedient world, a selfish, divisive, quarrelsome, harsh, discourteous, foolish, lost, enslaved, malicious, envious, hateful place. And we see this just about in uh, every corner of the world. We just went through an election in this past year. Think about all the, uh, the hostility that was stirred up, the, all the, the angriness that existed in just that time and that time alone. You certainly saw it on the news. Maybe you saw it in your social media feed. Oh yeah, Facebook. <laughs> Facebook is usually not the place you go to find kindness. And I don't want to just single out Facebook here. You know, there, there's other social media sites as well. But it seems to be the case that social media in general is the place where a lot of people tend to spout off their opinions without any sort of care in the world as to how those opinions will be heard by others uh, and felt by others. It's a problem. It is a problem. Not only a problem in the church or in the world, it's even crept into the church. It's something we have to deal with. Again, I'm not telling you anything you haven't seen with your own eyes and heard with your own ears. But the Bible says in Galatians 5, in verses 22 and 23, that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace patience, and here's our word for the evening, kindness. The fruit of the Spirit is kindness. It's also goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Kindness. What we're talking about tonight is almost insultingly simple. Kindness. It's the kind of thing that we teach little kids in kindergarten. It's insultingly simple. However, it is also one of the most difficult things to grasp. It's one of the most difficult things for us to practice in our day-to-day lives. Now, all of you understand, and you would agree with me when I say that kindness is so important, and the world needs a big dose of kindness today. The world would do, it would would do a lot of good uh, for the world to see kindness have an increase in our society. And again, we teach this at a very young age, uh, what I want to just call tonight the kindergarten ethic of kindness, the kindergarten ethic of kindness Uh, And to illustrate what the kindergarten ethic of kindness is, I just want to share with you a poem that was written by Haley O'Connor. And what I did is I just went on Google and I just searched kindergarten kindness, and this is one of the first things that came up. But to me, it certainly does a good job of describing 
uh, what kindergarten kindness is. Here's what the poem says. I can choose to be kind each and every day. I can choose to be kind to everyone in every way. When I am kind to others, I make the world a little brighter. When I am kind to others, I make my heart a little lighter. So, plant a seed of kindness and watch the world bloom. So, plant a seed of kindness and we'll chase away the gloom. I like it. I like it. And, and I agree with the sentiment there found expressed in that poem. We need to be a kind people. We, we teach this uh, right, you know, right almost out of the womb, and, and we see the value of kindness all the way to the tomb. And you really don't need me tonight to explain to you what kindness is. You know it when you see it. All of us have, have benefited from the kindness of others in our lives. And we like that, don't we? We love it whenever people are kind to us. It makes us feel good. It certainly brightens our day. And it's just the kind of thing that we want to have more of in our lives. I do want to talk about just kindergarten kindness tonight, but I believe that as we look to the Bible, we see that there is a different kind of kindness that is even better than kindergarten kindness, and that is gospel kindness. Gospel kindness. Uh, the gospel fruit of Christian kindness. This kindness has the transformative power to change the world. And the reason why is because it has the power to do that is because it has the power to change lives. Now, there is a difference between kindergarten kindness and Christian kindness, uh, and I, I want to elaborate on that as we move forward in the lesson tonight. Uh, and I think the Bible speaks about both qualities, both that uh, kindergarten kindness and, and gospel kindness. It, it talks about both of those things. And, and by you know, just getting geared up tonight, I just want to bring to your remembrance a few examples of people in the Scriptures who showed kindness. And I'll just go through these very quickly. But first of all, uh, let me remind you of Rebecca. Rebecca. Well, when we are introduced to Rebecca in the book of Genesis, uh, a man has been sent there uh, he's on a quest to find a wife for Isaac. And do you remember what Rebecca does in that moment? She gives that man, that servant, something to drink. But she doesn't stop with just him. It would, be a, it would, have, it would have been a kind thing to give just that man something to drink, but she also is, offers something else. She offers uh, something to drink for the man's camels. She was kind the first uh, offer, and the second offer was an extra extension of kindness, even to animals. So what do we learn from Rebecca's example? We learn that kindness is good. Kindness is good. It is good for people. Kindness is good for society. It is good for the world. Almost any sane, rational person can see that kindness makes a positive difference. 
it isn't that difficult to see that the fruit of kindness, the fruit of kindness is sweeter and it's better than the rotten fruits of selfishness and the rotten fruits of cruelty that we often see in the world today. It's really a refreshing thing whenever we see kindness. Uh, it's a beautiful thing when we see kindness. You know, the scriptures say that Rebecca was very attractive. She was beautiful. But what was even more beautiful than her physical appearance was the beauty of her kindness. That's just one example. Another example is also found in the book of Genesis. Think about Joseph. Joseph. Joseph had every reason in the world to be unkind to his brothers. And whenever that reunion happened again, that, re that reunion that we read about towards the latter part of the book of Genesis, what does Joseph do? He decides to treat his brothers kindly. He is a blessing to them in that moment that they have come to Egypt to seek food. He's a blessing to his brothers. He chooses the path of kindness. Think also about another Old Testament example. Think about Boaz. Boaz. Do you remember what Boaz did for Ruth? Boaz was a blessing to Ruth in uh, the second chapter of that book. And Naomi, Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law, said concerning Boaz, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Boaz was a kind man. And Ruth and Naomi benefited from his kindness. Think also about the virtuous woman of Proverbs chapter 31. She really is a great example for any woman of faith. One thing that is said about the virtuous woman in uh, verse 26 of that chapter is that she opens her mouth with wisdom and it also, it also says that the teaching of kindness, the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Now, the virtuous woman, who is that? That's really any uh, good uh, woman of faith. Any good woman of faith will, will, will do that. She will open her mouth and kindness will come out. Who benefits from that? Well, everyone that knows her, especially her children, especially her husband, especially her family members, especially her fellow church members, right? Uh, anyone and everyone that's in that woman's world. Uh, they're all happy to know that woman because kindness comes forth from her mouth. You see how kindness makes the world a better place? In the New Testament, there's an example uh, in Luke chapter 10. And this is a parable that Jesus uh, tells in Luke chapter 10. He tells us about a man that was beaten up on the side of the road. And there are several people that come across him in his state of... Uh, physical compromise. And so there's this priest that walks by. There's this Levite that walks by. Surely these two religious men are going to show kindness to this man who has been beaten and left half for dead. Well, they don't. They continue on with their way. But there is one who makes the decision to stop, to help, to show kindness. And that is, of course, the good Samaritan. That man behaved in such a way that he showed that he and that beaten man were true neighbors. That good Samaritan showed kindness. So Jesus would tell us to go 
and do likewise. Kindness, it really is a beautiful thing. It helps people and it helps the world. Sometimes the people that show kindness may surprise us. Tonight we're talking about the Christian virtue of kindness, but again, kindness is not an exclusive practice of Christians. Again, there is such a thing as kindergarten kindness. It's, it's the kind of thing that we teach from a very early age. I want you to think about Acts chapter 28. Paul has just endured a horrible shipwreck in that 27th chapter of the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 28, Paul and uh, many others, they wash up on the shore of an island called Malta. Malta. Luke is with uh, Paul in this moment. He's a part of this group, and Luke records in the book of Acts 28 and verse 2, he said that the native people, that is the native people of Malta, these are not Christians. I, I don't know if the gospel had even made its way to Malta at this point. The native people showed us, Luke says, unusual kindness. They showed us unusual kindness. What do you mean? Well, here's what they did. For they kindled a fire and welcomed us all, because it had begun to rain and was cold. They were kind to us, and their kindness was exceptional, really. What they did for us is they made us a fire, and they welcomed us when we were cold. Do you see that one thing we can learn just from that passage is that kindness, there's the attitude to consider here. Okay, There's the, the want, the desire to help someone to be good to someone, but there's also actions that accompany it, right? I mean, we're talking about more than just a mindset. We're talking about a mindset of wanting good for others plus acting in such a way that meets their needs in that particular unique moment of time. So I bring up all of those examples, and we could certainly think of others in the Scriptures, just to illustrate the fact that kindness is good. Kindness is a blessing. Anytime, again, you know this personally, anytime anyone has ever shown you an ounce of kindness, you know just how good that is, how good that feels, what a blessing it is. And then what does that make you want to do? It makes you want to go out and to reciprocate that kindness, not just for that person, but you also kind of want to pay it forward to someone else. Uh, not so that you could get the glory, but so that Christ might receive that glory. So kindness is good for the world. That's one reason why we have to be kind. We want to live in a better place, and kindness will help to bring that about. That's one reason. Kindness is good for the world. The second reason why we need to be kind is that kindness is a blessing to ourselves. Kindness is a blessing to us. When you are kind... You benefit from that. Do you know that? That's what the Bible teaches. Here are two Proverbs that speak to that truth. The first one is Proverbs 11, verse 17. Proverbs 11 and verse 17. In Proverbs 11, 17, we read this simple sentence, but it's so true. A man who is kind benefits himself. But... A cruel man hurts himself. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Haven't you found that to be true 
in your life and in your interactions with others. Think about the most cruel people that you can, you know, that, that come to your remembrance, that maybe, uh, maybe live on your street, or maybe you work with these people, or maybe these people are in jail somewhere, right? There's a reason why they have few friends. There's a reason why they have few opportunities for good things to happen in their lives because, well, of this proverb here. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. Here's that second proverb I, I promised you a second ago. Proverbs 21.21. 21. Proverbs 21.21. 21. Here the Bible reads, Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness... Righteousness and kindness, whoever pursues these things, will find life, righteousness, and honor. So a question that each of us need to ask ourselves tonight on an individual level is, is this. Am I the kind of person that wants to find life? Am I the kind of person that wants to walk in the pathway of righteousness? Am I the kind of person that wants to live a life of honor? You can find these things by being kind. That's one way you can find these things. You will find these great blessings at the end of kindness pursuit. So the second reason why we need to be kind tonight is that kindness not only helps others, but in a way, it also helps us. Uh, as we give kindness to others, what we will find is that God will bless us in doing such a thing. But here's the main reason that I want to get to tonight as to why you and I should be kind in our interactions and our dealings with others. Kindness is godly. Kindness is godly. Follow the logic. The book of 1 John teaches us the truth. God is love. God is love. I believe you'll read that in 1 John 4 and verse 8. The book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 13, verse 4. We read, love is kind. So if God is love and love is kind, is it not correct to say that God is kind? I believe it's correct to say that. I believe that is, in fact, what the Bible teaches. In the book of Romans, we're told to behold the, the goodness or the kindness of God, also with his severity. But God is kind. He is so kind. In fact, in Psalm 145 and verse 17, we read that the Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. God is kind in all his works. So there's really nothing that we can look to that God has ever done, that God is doing, and that God will do, where we could criticize God and say, I don't know if that's pretty, I don't know if that's kind. God is kind. All of his works are kind. That's what the Bible teaches. And tonight, I'm just going to simply ask you to think about the greatest thing that God has ever done. Jesus. There you go, I heard it. Did you know that Jesus is the manifestation of God's kindness to us? He is. 
Jesus is the manifestation of God's kindness, kindness to us. Look at Titus. I mentioned that book at the outset of our lesson. Here we finally are there. Titus chapter 3, beginning at verse 3. Titus 3, and beginning at verse 3. Do you remember that uh, list of evil attributes that we read at the outset of the lesson in uh, 2 Timothy? How, the, how people would behave a certain way, ruthless, among other things. Well, you know, some things really never have changed uh, ever since sin has entered into the pictures, ever since sin has entered into the world, people have been behaving in such evil ways. And if you are a Christian, by the grace of God, you have escaped those things. You've escaped your sin. You have escaped a life of sin. You have escaped uh, a life of enslavement to sin. And you have been gifted a better life in Christ Jesus. We need to always remember where we came from so that we know where we are and where we're going. Now, if you look at verse 3, there, there's a reminder of where we came from. Titus 3.3, 3, we read, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, Notice this, hated by others and hating one another. That was our existence before Jesus. But if you look at verse 4, you see Jesus. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, that's a beautiful way of describing when Jesus appeared. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy and the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the manifestation of God's kindness. He is the kindness of God. Everything about Christ, Everything that we can look to, we can say, well, there's kindness. Even his ministry. This is one thing that the gospel writers will constantly point out, that Jesus, as we read in the book of Acts 10, 38, I believe, he went about doing good. The gospels certainly verify that fact. Uh, for example, in Matthew 4, here's what Matthew writes concerning the ministry of Jesus. Matthew writes that he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing, healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So he says, the, the fame of Jesus spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. This is what Jesus does. This is who He is. He is kind. He's kind. And the greatest demonstration of God's kindness to us in the person of Jesus is seen 
at Calvary. Now, this is where we need to talk about gospel kindness. What makes gospel kindness different than kindergarten kindness? Well, kindergarten kindness fails. It fails. If kindergarten kindness was all that we need, then, well, we would have all that we need. The world is in a mess. It is is an awful state because kindergarten kindness isn't enough. Because what happens is we teach our children to be kind. But what happens whenever little Johnny is unkind to me? What happens when, when Susie bites me on my finger? Well, the, the child is tempted to bite back. The child is tempted to fight back. The child is tempted to say unkind words in retaliation to what has been said in that moment. I say the child, this happens even now in, in the state of adulthood. You see, kindness, if it has nothing rooted, if, if there's nothing rooted to kindness, it will eventually fail. But God is love and love is kind. God is kind. God never fails. God never fails. You see, even when we were the enemies of God, God was still kind to us. Even when men reviled Jesus at the foot of the cross, Peter says he did not revile in return. Gospel kindness is superior to kindergarten kindness because gospel kindness never, never fails. Because love never fails. And did you know that God's kindness toward us in the person of Christ is the means by which God is drawing us into fellowship with Him? This is what the book of Romans teaches Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. Romans 2 and verse 4. Paul asks the question, he says, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Do you see kindness, the kindness of God that is, is the very thing that is drawing us to God. God's kindness is drawing us to Him in Christ through His redemptive, sacrificial death on the cross and victorious resurrection from the grave. If you are a Christian tonight... What that means is that God's kindness has moved your spirit in such a way that you feel compelled to respond to Him in faith, in repentance, in in obedience to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that idea, the idea that God loves you, the idea that God sent forth His only begotten Son into this world to die this death for our sake, that idea, that has changed the world because that idea has changed people. It's changed me. I pray that that 
has changed you. And what the Bible teaches that is that if you have received God's kindness into your life, then what that means is that you are now tasked with the responsibility to share the kindness of God with others. In the Old Testament, we get glimpses of this. Uh, we read about David. Of course, you know David. But there's a man by the name of Mephibosheth. We read about him in, I think it's 2 Samuel chapter 9. You see, Mephibosheth was uh, Saul's grandson, Jonathan's son. And I'm, I'm sure you are familiar with the friendship that, that David had with Jonathan. Well, after the death of Saul, after the death of Jonathan, David was well established as king of both... Uh, of a united nation there. And he's thinking. He's thinking about Saul. He's thinking about his dear friend Jonathan. And he asks the question, if, if there's anyone in Saul's house that he could show not just kindness to, but he says in verse 3, the kindness of God. David wanted to show the kindness of God to a man by the name of Mephibosheth. And that is what we must do. We must show not just our kindness. No, that's not enough. That, that's going to fail you. We must show the kindness of God to others. Now, David lived before the cross. How much more should we on this side of the cross want to show the kindness of God to others? This should be the very thing that causes us to wake, out of, you know, wake up every morning and get out of bed with, with this on our minds. Yes, to please God, to serve God, but what does that mean? Well, it, you have to put that in practical terms. It means to be a blessing to others. It means, yes, to be kind to others, to show the kindness of God to others. Again, this is what we must do. It's what we are called to do. The fruit of the Spirit, the, what the Spirit of God will produce in our lives is kindness to others. Let me give you a few passages here to think about. In Ephesians chapter 4, and beginning at verse 31, Ephesians 4, 31, Paul here is writing uh, to the church at Ephesus, and he's talking about the new self, the new person. That is, the person that God, through his power, has transformed you to become in Christ Jesus. Now, one thing he says concerning this new person is that those of us who have been made anew, in verse 31, he says, you need to let all bitterness and wrath and anger, and clamor, and slander be put away from you. All that stuff you see on the news every night, all that stuff you see uh, in your social media feed every day that you see others do, he's saying, you can't do that. You can't do that. You have to put that away from you. It's like a weight. You need to throw it away. Along with all malice. Well, he, he bit me. He, uh, he hurt me. He said, unthing, he said unkind things about me. No, don't you be malicious and try to retaliate. Put that away. 
what you should do, what you must do. Verse 32, be, here it is, be kind. Be kind to one another. Tender-hearted. Right? We're not just talking about kindness for kindness' sake. There is a particular kind of kindness that someone can practice, and there's, there's not the right motivation behind it. Some people are kind, and they, they behave in ways that may seem to be kind, but they're really trying to get some sort of you know, benefit from that. There's no emotion. There's no love there. Tender-hearted. Forgiving. Forgiving one another. And here it is. As God in Christ forgave you. Why should we be kind? Because God has been kind and is kind to us. God has blessed me with his kindness. Now, as Christians, we're called to go out and bless others with our kindness, with, I should say, with his kindness. In Colossians 3 and verse 12, we also read, Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Sometimes uh, when, when I read through Galatians chapter 5 and I'm thinking about the fruit of the Spirit, one uh, troubling thought that often pops in my head is that, well, if this is the fruit of the Spirit, you know, sometimes it's the case that we see people in the world, we see unsaved people behaving like that. How, how do you account for that? Maybe after tonight you begin to understand uh, well, maybe, maybe why that is. But maybe also tonight you can see that if you consider all of these terms together, you truly get a picture of the gospel. You see, God is not just simply calling upon us to be kind for kind's sake. He's calling upon us to be kind because He loves us. And if you look at the qualities of the fruit of the Spirit and if you, you interweave them together, you get the picture of the kind of kindness that we are to have for one another. Follow with me there, if you would, please. Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Again, love is the motivation for the kindness that we bestow to others. We are kind because we love them. And before that, we should say we are kind because God loves us. It's also joy, the fruit of the Spirit. We're not begrudgingly uh, showing kindness to others. That's not what we are to be doing. We are to be joyfully showing kindness to others. Happy to do it. Smile on my face. Call me anytime. I'm here to help. We have joy so we can be kind. Peace. One of the reasons I think why we should be kind to others is because we are striving to make peace. Kindness is one way to help facilitate that. Blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, if we are to be good peacemakers, we will be kind. Patience is the next one. Think about how patience and kindness correlate to one another. Well, it's easy to be kind to someone once. 
a little harder to be kind to someone a second time. But if someone is really testing your patience, does that mean that that person is disqualified from your kindness? Absolutely not. Be kind. I know it's tough. It's especially tough when people are difficult. But be patient with others and continually be kind. Goodness. Kindness and goodness, are really, they really go hand in hand. Um, there, there's really, uh, these really even might be synonyms one for another. But one reason why we're kind is so that others can, um, can receive goodness, can see what it looks like, can be benefited from it. Faithfulness. Again, we're not talking about uh, a kindness that is here today and gone tomorrow. This is a kindness that stays. Jesus said, be faithful unto death. Be kind unto death. Be kind unto death. Uh, do not grow weary in doing good. We read in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. I know that it's easy to do that. But be faithful in showing kindness to others. Gentleness. Well, gentleness is kindness. Uh, it's the, the, the mentality, it's the attitude that we must have if we are to if, be effective in showing kindness to others. Self-control. Especially if someone does something to you, you have to practice self-control in that moment. Uh, if someone says an unkind word to you, practice self-control and show, show them what true kindness looks like. You see how all this works together? Be kind. Be kind because, well, it'll make the world a better place. Be kind because, well, you will be blessed in doing just that. But the main reason tonight we should be kind and the main reason we should leave this place tonight uh, feeling emboldened to be kind is because, well, God, God is kind and God in Christ has been kind to us. Therefore, we should be kind. We must be kind. We must choose kindness. You and I, church, we need to do all the good that we can. We need to do all the good that we can by all the means that we can do it and all the ways that we can do it and all the places that we can do it at all the times that we can do it to all the people we can do it for as long as we can do it. And the kindest thing that you can do is to share the gospel with someone, to show them that God is love and that he truly desires eternal fellowship with them. That's the best thing that you can do, to let them know about Jesus. Do you need Jesus in your life? We have considered God's kindness tonight. And we read a passage in Titus chapter 3, how when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. If you do not know God's salvation tonight, if you do not know what it means uh, to be washed from your sins and renewed and to be made anew, then tonight you can receive the kindness of God into your life, and then you can be a channel of God's kindness to others. If the church can help you in any way, the invitation of Jesus is extended while together we stand and while we sing.